Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. From KQD in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. Hey, real summer has arrived in the Bay Area. Even San Francisco is going to hit 70 every day this week. And just about everywhere else in the Bay Area, it's getting legit hot. So, for today's show, we're going to bring you an edition of All You Can Eat, our regular feature on the Bay Area's food cultures with KQED food editor Luke Sai. And it's going to be all about what to eat when it's hot outside. We're going to be joined by chefs from different traditions, and of course, we expect you all to call in and tell us, when it starts to get sweaty, what do you make for dinner? What takeout do you crave? Is ice cream a good replacement for all of the major food groups? That's all coming up next, after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. As places go... The Bay Area is not known for its heat, thanks to Carl the Fog. It's no Chennai or Cartagena or even New York. But that doesn't mean that we don't need some hot weather food for those rare days when you don't need to layer. You can roll around in a tank top even after the sun goes down. Also, let's be real. Many Bay Area people, like myself, are big babies about the temperature. It hits like 80 and we start complaining and looking for ways to cool down. So here to talk with us about the world's best things to eat when it's hot. We're joined for this segment of All You Can Eat by KQED food editor Luke Sai. Welcome, Luke. Thanks so much, Alexis. Do you want to just set us up before we bring in the rest of our guests? Sort of, like, What is it about hot weather that changes the way we eat? I mean, I think living in the Bay Area, um, you know, n- none of us have air conditioning, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so even if we're not as hot as some other places, you know, like you said, if it gets up to 80 degrees um, and we're coming up on that stretch of September um, and October when it gets really, really hot, you know, those sort of five or six days of the year um, and you just don't want to cook, you know, you just don't want to turn on the stove. You don't want to turn on the oven. Um, your body's just like slicked with sweat, you know, and so I'm looking for foods that I can just eat standing in front of the fridge, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Um, or if I'm going to go to a restaurant, um, I don't want to bring home something that's, you know, going to make me hot. Yeah. 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 Although there, you know, there's some exceptions and we could talk about that later. Um, But for the most part, I'm looking for something that's going to cool me down. Um, I'm looking for something that's you know, cold and and bright and tangy and, um, you know, something that's just going to make me feel refreshed afterwards. Yeah. 
All right, let's bring in some guests. First, we're joined by Nora Haron, executive chef at Sandai Restaurant and Kopi Bar, which is opening up in Walnut Creek in the fall. This is among her many other food ventures over time. Welcome to the show, Nora. Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And we've got Christian Reynoso, a chef, a recipe developer, cooking columnist at the SF Chronicle. Welcome, Christian. Hi there. Thanks so much for having me. So why don't we just talk a little bit about sort of what what we're eating right now when it is hot? Uh, and Christian, maybe let's uh, let's start with you. Yeah. Um, so I, I think about a couple things. Um, one of them is like is tostadas. Um, they are, you know the crispy corn tortilla that can be topped with just about anything. Um, but in summer they're particularly great because you can add room temp or cold things and they just taste just as great as um with warm hot toppings mm. um so the other day i made um uh like blt tostadas so i had <laughs> some mayo that i added some salsa matcha which is that dried chili and that salsa uh and kind of made like a salsa ch- salsa matcha mayo uh added some heirloom tomatoes and bacon and then some just some greens on top and it was like the perfect um, summer weather bite. Oh, that um, is good. Also portable, very portable. Very portable. Also great with margaritas, which are also <laughs> great in the summer. That is true. Um, Nora Haron, how about you? Hi. So I'm from Singapore, right? So I'm supposed to be okay with this heat, but I'm not. I'm also, <laughs> like everyone else, a baby. Okay, so um, I've been drinking or eating um grass jelly soup have you heard of that i i have not is it actually made from grass <laughs> it's actually an herb it's a chinese masona herb um so it comes in black or green so green is it's made from fresh herbs and the black is oxidized you know dried herbs and then boiled and then it has this natural jello like texture mm. so and then you just add a little sugar but i've recent i grew up eating this jelly um, cold, but recently I've experimented with eating it warm, and surprisingly, it has these properties that cool your body down. And I think when you drink something hot, your body naturally will, you know, you 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 sweat, and it's supposed to cool you down. So I want to thank my cousin. Um, when, so I had COVID uh, back in January, and she door dashed me this warm grass jelly, and I've been drinking it since. And uh, for food. Um, Wait, you know, no, but, wait, where do we get grass jelly? Like if I wanted so you, to. So you can, so I've been door dashing from Meat Fresh. Uh, they're in Chinatown, but you can get them anywhere, any boba shop. But uh, they also sell the powder that you can get online and you can make it yourself. It'll just set, you know, after um, like an hour or so, and then you can drink it warm or cold. Mm. And you can add other things to it. I like to add peanuts or, you know, like a little taro paste or something like that. It's so good. Oh, man, I got to try that. And what about you said you're eating other things, too. Yeah, what were so, you going to mention? Yeah, so um, I like to make uh, a, a traditionally Indonesian salad called urab. And it is uh, so you marinate coconut with a little bit of chili, ginger, um, you know, and uh, turmeric coriander and my secret ingredient the makrut lime leaves that gives it a nice zinc and freshness to it and then i like to just you know um 
mix it with fresh Brussels sprouts or any vegetables that I have, and then eat it that way. I can put it over rice or eat it as a snack or put it in my tortilla. So good. That's so good. Um, Luke, how about you? Uh, Round the horn here. Yeah, no. um, So, uh, you know, I've talked about a lot in the past, you know, my family background um, on my mom's side, we're from Taiwan. On my dad's side, we're we're from China. You know, so so Asian people, you know, we eat when it's hot, we eat a lot of um, cold noodles. Uh, We eat um, some cold soups. You know, um, a recipe that I've been really into recently, there's this um, food blog. I think a lot of our listeners have probably heard of it. Like, it's called Just One Cookbook. Basically, if you Google how to make any Japanese thing online, that's the, you know, Just One Cookbook. That's the blog that's going to come up. And I believe the food blogger is actually based in the Bay Area. Um, But she has this recipe uh, for uh, Japanese corn soup or Japanese corn potage, uh, which you can have hot or cold. Uh, during the summertime, I've been doing it cold. And it's just like in Japan, I guess you can buy it just in vending machines. They'll sell It's like super, super popular. Um, school kids love it. Uh, it's very like nostalgic. And it's just like you buy like sweet summer corn from the farmer's market um, and just like cut cut it off the cob, you 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 boil the um, the actual uh, cobs uh, in water too to to get in all that corn flavor, and then you just you roast the corn in the oven, and then you just sort of um, blend it all together and strain it, and then you've got this really sweet concentrated corn soup uh, that you can chill. And you can just drink it like a beverage. Um, And it's just really, really refreshing. And the other thing that I do a lot of during the summertime is I just, you know, I eat a lot of rice. And during the summertime, I'm just looking for things that I can eat with rice that don't (laughs) need to be cooked. You know, so like I do a lot of chirashi bowls. This is like just taking uh, like fish, raw fish. Um, You know, I go to like Tokyo Fish Market in Berkeley. Um, or Suruki, if you're down in uh, the peninsula, down in San Mateo is another great one. Um, just cut it up um, and just like sushi style and just serve it over rice. Um, or there's this other uh, recipe uh, from Eric Kim, uh, this New York Times colonist. He does this tuna mayo rice bowl. You just take a can of tuna, mix it with soy sauce, sesame oil, kupi mayo, uh, sprinkle some furikake on top. Um, Eat it over rice with some seaweed snacks so you can make like little rice balls as you're eating, uh, just like the perfect summertime lunch. Oh, man, that also seems like a a kid crowd pleaser to at least my my children who love all the things that you've just listed. Um, You know, for me, I'll answer this one myself, too. I just, you know, I get so into the garden tomato and cucumber salads, you know, eh, with little thin strips of basil, you know, some Malden salt, some olive oil. But I'm also always chasing this one, the high of this one salad that I had like, you know, five, six years ago that a friend made, which was, you know, kind of big chunks of uh, avocado and cucumber with kind of this garlic paste, you know, just kind of taking the garlic and and, uh, creating a paste out of it by uh, sprinkling salt on it and kind of running the knife to create this kind of paste. And then the secret ingredient, as far as I'm concerned, to all summer foods that I love, which are Jimmy Nardello peppers. Mm. Um, they're just that one thing that when you see them at like Monterey Market, where you can you know get them sometimes in, in Berkeley and, and some other places or farmer's markets, that's when I'm like, this 
is <laughs> this is summertime now. Um, do you do any of you have like one of those kind of farmers market ingredients where you think to yourself like, oh, this now this is here in the market. Now this is officially like warm weather cooking time. Christian, maybe we'll maybe we'll test you. Yeah, um, I mean, definitely tomatoes. Like it's, I mean, it seems pretty obvious, but tomatoes. Um, I feel like I have them in almost every single meal in the summer, um, in some way. <laughs> um, definitely in salads and pasta salads, etc. Those are mine. Yeah, Nora. Yeah, same here. It's tomatoes are in season. Uh, it's definitely my to go. And, you know, we also roast them and put them in our sambal. I know I say chili a lot. It's a cooling, it's not a cooling element to most, but it is for me because it makes me sweat and I cool off. But we do, we do a lot of sambals with tomatoes and I just love them in the summer. And then, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah, there's something about seeing that, you know, that just uh, piles of early girls at the farmer's market where you just, yeah. that color of just all, all those amazing tomatoes. Luke, how about you? Do you have a uh, a single kind of like produce type ingredient? Yeah, I mean, def- definitely tomatoes and corn, like I mentioned, um, and also just watermelon, you know, um, yeah. like there are days when like that is just the meal, you know, <laughs> um, I literally, because I have a small fridge, like a lot of people in the Bay Area, um, I literally have to like rearrange the shelving in my fridge <laughs> so that I can fit the watermelon in there. Um, let it cool for a day, and literally just c- slice up a watermelon. That's dinner. <laughs> that is so good. Yeah, we're oh sorry, we're gonna go to the break here. We're talking about what to eat when the weather gets hot. We're joined by Luke Sai, food editor of KQED, who does all you can eat with us. Nora Haron, executive chef at Sandai Restaurant and Kopi Bar, which is going to open at Walnut Creek in the fall. And Christian Reynoso, chef, recipe developer, cooking columnist for the San Francisco Chronicle. We want to hear from you. What's the summer food you wait all year to eat? Or what's your favorite food to cook when it's hot? You can give us a call, 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it's KQED Forum. And the email is forum at kqed.org. Can't wait to hear from you. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for more after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We are talking about, in this latest edition of All You Can Eat, our our food ongoing series that we do with Luke Sai, food editor of KQED. We are talking about what to eat when the weather 
gets hot. In addition to Luke, we're joined by Nora Haron, executive chef at Sandai Restaurant Kopi Bar. That is opening very soon in Walnut Creek, as well as Christian Reynoso, a chef recipe developer, cooking columnist at the San Francisco Chronicle. And we kind of like to do these food shows as, as a little party. Uh, so let's bring in Amud Chopra. He is the second generation owner of Vic's Chat. Welcome. <clears throat> did somebody say party? Yes, <laughs> we did. We did. Um, I, lo- I, I love these. We get so many food people together and I get so many good ideas from this. Um, so how about you? I would like, um, you know, you could obviously go to your own restaurant and have the delicious food there. Is that when it gets hot? Is it do you think like I, I'm going to eat what we normally make here or are there special things that you go to? Um, definitely gravitate towards a lighter uh, uh, spice level hmm. um, gravies with ghee uh, and meats red meats those tend to go out of the diet mm-hmm. and summer squashes okra lentils those tend to come in yeah but my, about... uh-huh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. my favorite part of uh, summer uh, are the fruits mangoes mm-hmm. and lychees that uh, get flown in from India. And, yeah, those, those are my childhood memories. And those are, those are, that's what I look forward to come uh, summer. What about, how do you feel about stone fruit? Uh, which I, I was shocked nobody mentioned in the first segment, and which is such a, such a part, I feel like, of this uh, of the, the Bay Area, you know, when it's foggy outside, but it's hot in the surrounding areas that, that grow this fruit. Like, that's what you start to get, where you start to go, like, okay, the fog time will be over soon. Um, most, um, sorry, who? Uh, oh, yeah, most... go, go ahead, Amud, and then, and then we'll, we'll go to you, Nora. Oh, uh, Nora, selamat pagi, adiku Nora. <laughs> oh, namaste, Amoji. Thank you. Hey, hey, G was for my father. I'm, I'm still Amod. Oh, <laughs> namaste, Amod. Bye. Um, so uh, I feel that all fruits are welcome, or most fruits are welcome come summer. Um, it's, it's lighter. It's it's uh, more flavorful mm-hmm. and it just seems refreshing. Yeah. Um, last thing before we uh, come back to you, Nora, I feel like my kids, when it, get, when it gets hot, they want lassies. They love them and <laughs> it's a, just a, a piece of like, you know, I think they also know we're a little softer on it than if they were to ask us for like a milkshake. You know? That's right. Um, right. <laughs> um, lassies are very popular both in India and here come summer. Um, mostly in summer, salty and sweet lassi. Salt is a um, pretty key ingredient come the summer months. Um, lemonade has salt in it. Uh, lassi has salt, the, at least the salty version does. Um, because the salt holds on to your uh, liquids. Uh, yeah. Yeah. As you sweat more in summer climes. Uh, Nora, back to you I on fruit, I believe. Right. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, so we make rojak uh, with fruits. Um, rojak is 
literally means mixed to mix together so when you mentioned stone fruit yeah this summer we've cut up so much stone fruit and made rojak out of them also i wanted to to, to mention i forgot about um tapai which is fermented um uh rice or fermented uh tapioca that we also do back home and then i am going to do them this year at sunday it's it's also refreshing um something i look forward to making for the restaurant Awesome. Let's bring in uh, a caller, uh, Gwen in San Francisco. Welcome, Gwen. Hi. You guys forgot okra, maybe because you're not from the South, but okra is a good summer food, and I usually eat it with corn, uh, boil it together with corn and tomatoes, and it gets the slime out. The slime doesn't bother me because I grew up with it. (laughs) But um, one of the cooks on TV said lemon. I don't know if that's true. And your stone fruit dessert is um, cut up some white peaches or nectarines and marinated or whatever you call it for fruit in balsamic vinegar, and that makes a nice Mm. summer um, salad. That sounds so good. Um, Christian, what would yeah. you say it would be a great okra recipe that people could take for them uh, in this warm weather? Thank you so much for that call, Gwen. Yeah, of course. Um, I would say maybe a curry. Uh, I think kind of like adding that to a kind of a sauteing that and folding that into a curry would be really, really delicious. Um, you know, something that we talked about is that heat and so the spices and a kind of a saucy meal like that um, can really showcase the okra itself and with other vegetables um, and you know just kind of cool you down because for some reason uh, spicy food does does seem to cool you down yeah, yeah. and so does chai mm, yes oh wait talk to me about uh, how should I t- chai and other hot beverages cooling you down. What if I already sweat? Do I need to sweat more? <laughs> I'm just not sure. Um, that's, I don't know. I, I, every time I have tried to do this, um, it's like when people also tell you to take a hot shower instead of a cold shower in, in warm weather. And I'm like, but then I'm just like doubly sweaty. Um, but does it work for you, Amud? Absolutely. Um, all day long, tea uh, in the hot season. It, it takes your baseline and makes you sweat more, which supposedly is meant to cool you down. Yeah. So chai it is for me. Um, Luke, I want to ask you about the other end of this perspective, which is the cold noodle realm. Um, like it seems like many different cultures have a version of this, of, of really possibly even icy cold noodles. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, you know, I've talked a lot on air about that's how that's something that I grew up with. You know, my mom's garlicky peanut butter cold noodles, which she would make on hot days. um, And I would literally just in my like boxer briefs, (laughs) just stand in front of the refrigerator and eat it straight out of the Tupperware, you know, Um, it's just nothing could be more cooling. But I think especially in Asian uh, cuisines, sort of every food culture has its version of that, you know, so whether about, you know, I could just shout out a few of my favorites here in the Bay Area, you know, whether you're talking about cold soba, soba, uh, Japanese soba, which you have with uh, just like a dipping sauce. Um, They do a great version at Soba Ichi uh, in West Oakland. Um, 
you know, Koreans have mul nangmyeon, which is these uh, very sort of stretchy, elastic buckwheat noodles that are served in this like icy cold, like literally um, there'll be versions that they put ice cubes in it. Um, this icy cold vinegary sort of beef broth. Um, and they put like cucumbers and thin, thin sliced beef and hard boiled egg in it. Um, and it's just, it's exactly what I think of. Like, that's like the thing that I think of when it's too hot to think of anything else. Cause it's, it's bright and acidic and cold and refreshing. Um, or you, you can even think about like, it's not necessarily a cold noodle, but like, uh, at ramen shops, um, some of, sometimes they'll have tsukamen, which is like the dipping ramen, um, where instead of a hot bowl of soup, you have kind of this sort of room temperature, like concentrated gravy almost that you're dipping the noodles into. Um, Taishokin is a spot in San Mateo that does a really good version of it. Um, and again, it's not, it's not quite cold, but it's definitely not that hot bowl of soup. Um, that you're normally getting. But I also want to go back to what you were talking about, like eating hot things during the summertime, during hot weather, you know, because I think counterintuitively, like I think a lot of the Asian cuisines too have that. Um, And so you were talking about hot drinks, um, but I think hot soups also, you know, like growing up uh, Chinese, uh, in a Chinese family, a lot of times you have these hot soups uh, with all these uh, medicinal ingredients um, in it, um, cor- like one of my favorite things is a uh, Korean samgyetang, which is this uh, Korean chicken ginseng soup, uh, where you have like a whole Cornish game hen that's stuffed with rice um, and all these aromatics inside of it, served inside of this literally boiling hot sort of cauldron of soup. And in Korea, they literally eat that on the hottest day <laughs> of the summer. Like that is the day that you're supposed to drink. This soup, And I think the idea is, you know, a lot of the other uh, guests were talking about this, you know, making you sweat um, to feel refreshed, but also you're already sweating. And the idea is these soups have a lot of um, healthful ingredients that are sort of replenishing uh, a lot of the nutrients that are otherwise getting sweated out of your body. So it helps you to recover and feel better afterwards. And I guess it's true. If I, when, if I think about times when I've had like Sopa de Lima, um, there have been times where I've been like, I think this helped. Um, we also have a few uh, shout outs for uh, Mool Nangmyan. I think I got close there. Uh, Grace uh, writes, in hot, sticky days in Seoul, nothing beats it. Cold soup with noodles. Crushed ice is added to the beef broth. There are springy, chewy noodles, a julienne of cucumbers, a slice of cold meat, a boiled egg. You add vinegar and hot mustard. There's a refreshing coolness as you sip the cold broth, and the vinegar and hot mustard clear your sinuses. I've enjoyed this meal sitting at outdoor pavilions, and everyone around you is wiping their brow. It is delicious and refreshing. Uh, another person, Adam, tweets that that dish is the best. Chili, bright, tart, and delicious. Let's uh, bring in uh, Danielle from Berkeley. Hello. Hi, this is Danielle. Hey, I yeah, like go your ahead. show. Oh, thanks. Um, I've been a worker owner at Three Stone Hearth on University Avenue in Berkeley for about 12 years, and in the summertime, we like to make gazpacho with all the farm fresh tomatoes. And we also make salads in a jar. 
So we have a Mediterranean and a Caesar salad. Um, we also make like a chilled cucumber and herb soup. So I think our customers in the summer are looking for just some cold grab and go things. Yeah. And that's what we kind of try to focus on in the summer yeah. with Daniel, all the that... fresh fruit and vegetables. Yeah, yeah that's a great, um, it's a great segue and a great way of, uh, and thank you for that call, great way of thinking about sometimes it's not necessarily the food itself, right? It's actually where we're going to eat these things or how we're going to eat these things um, outside or, or hanging around the grill or, or other places. Nora, where is your favorite place to eat that's like not, you know, could be in front of the fridge, could be somewhere, anywhere that's an unusual place you like to eat when it gets hot outside? Definitely still outside. Uh, for fresh air (laughs) you know it it gets I don't have air conditioning like most people so it gets really stuffy in the house so uh, yeah outside on my porch and just you know enjoy my rojak enjoy my gado gado uh, with fresh ingredients from the market and you know I always have a jar of some sauce in my house and just mix it up and ready to go yeah um Christian Reynoso, um, I made your ribs uh, with the beautiful salsa verde. Um, it was so, so, so good. And one of the reasons that I did it is I kind of wanted to like hang around the grill. That's like one of, you know, I think that is a, a time-honored tradition. Um, what's a favorite thing you like to make when, you know, maybe you've got people flowing into your house or backyard or, you know, some park, and you kind of want to spend some time kind of sitting by the grill hanging out? Yeah, exactly. Um I one thing I like is to make um, these grilled uh, mushroom toasts, um, mm. where I take really thick cut bread, uh, oil it, and grill it until it's crispy and chewy in the middle still, um, and then I just make like a grilled mushroom salad on top. So I'll grill like any kind of mushrooms. It can be wild or cultivated, and then toss them uh, in a salsa so like something like uh even like a cheese salsa so like parmesan and shallots and Mm. herbs um that's it's just really kind of like fun a little unexpected and maybe and kind of like just really delicious for hot weather and being outside and sharing you can cut them into smaller pieces so it can be an appetizer or you can have you know big chunking pieces that can be just your whole meal right there yeah Let's uh, bring in Virginia from Alameda. Welcome, Virginia. Good morning. Can you hear me? Sure can. Go ahead. So I get super excited when the peaches and the nectarines start coming in Mm. because my favorite salad is to take peaches and a little bit of red onion and marinate them in balsamic vinegar. And then put them on a bed of spinach with uh, shaved Parmesan and toasted pecans. Makes such a delicious salad. I could eat it almost every day. Oh, man. That is so good. That's so I, um, I, I also love the stone fruit salad, particularly grilled, I have to say. Uh, I, I love a, a grilled stone fruit salad. Let's do uh, another around the horn, uh, starting with you, Amud, with your, your favorite uh, salad to make in the summertime. Um, I am not from a salad eating culture. Our salads are basically uh, uh, onions and cucumber. Uh, what I do like making in summer uh, is corn, uh, mm. roasting corn and then uh, putting some lemon 
and dry mango powder on it. Mm. So that's uh, that's perfect oh for God. summer evenings in my household. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, Nora? It seemed like I'm, we're not a salad people, um, but our salad type things always have some thick sambal sauce on it. Uh, so, yeah. And corn is another favorite thing of mine. We make um, corn fritters that also dipped in some type of chili sauce. And uh, again, gado gado is my go-to salad uh, with whatever I can find with some great tangy peanut sauce. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barbara writes in with her, what she calls her made-up salad, mango, jicama, peanuts, a little jalapeno, shallot, dash of salt, and a blob of creme fraiche to bind it. I eyeball the amounts according to how many people are coming or how much to have for leftovers. Has it all. Crunch, smooth, sweet, hot. Um, Luke, do you eat salad or are you like, you're like, no, no salad. <laughs> and I guess what we're defining salad here is like may have lettuce or spinach in it, I think is how, how people are <laughs> interpreting salad. Yeah, I, I am not, anyone who knows me knows I'm not like a salad person per se. Like I will eat it, but I will very rarely get excited about it. Um, but at home I make a lot of chopped salad, you know, like Italian style chopped salad. Like to me, a salad still has to have like big chunks of like salami and provolone <laughs> in it and like this creamy dressing and like mm-hmm. I'll, I'll feel satisfied eating it. and like don't give me a salad that's just like all leaves like that's gonna make me so sad um, but I also want to shout out like my favorite restaurant salad this is this tiny little spot in Richmond this lunch spot called 2207 um, they serve this salad um, again it has like grilled chicken with perfectly crispy uh, skin on it um and it has it's like harissa uh sort of marinated and it's served it's got summer stone fruits it's got like radishes summer corn cherries um like fresh cheese like all this stuff in it and you toss it all in this like nutty tahini kind of sweet spicy nutty dressing um and that is like my favorite salad that's like the only good salad <laughs> as far as i'm concerned <laughs> we're talking about what to eat when the weather gets hot with luke sai food editor at kqed nora haron executive chef at sunday restaurant and kopi bar christian reynoso chef recipe developer and cooking columnist at the san francisco chronicle Amud Chopra, thank you so much for joining us. He is the second generation owner of the amazing institution of berkeley vix chat thanks so much i'm alexis madrigal we'll be back with more right after the break Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. 
Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. It is almost hot in the Bay Area. And in some parts, you look at you know Concord, Livermore, it's hot. Um, so we're talking about what to eat when the weather gets hot. We're joined by Luke Sai, uh, food editor at KQED, who of course always joins us for these segments, all you can eat on the Bay Area's food cultures. Nora Harone, executive chef at Sunday Restaurant Kopi Bar, and Christian Reynoso, chef, recipe developer, cooking columnist for the San Francisco Chronicle. We are loving hearing from you. What's your childhood hot weather food memory? Just the, the thing you remember from like eating as a kid when it was hot outside. Give us a call. The number is 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Hot weather food memory. Get in touch on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or KQD Forum. And the email is forum at KQED. Org. We are now joined by a farmer, Martin Bornaneske, who is a, has a local CSA, sells produce to restaurants, um, and has there's wonderful things that have been written about him by different restaurant owners uh, in the Bay Area. Welcome to the show, Martin. Hi, thank you. Um, so, for you as a as a farmer. What is the thing, what's the like kind of produce or the kind of uh, green where you say like, okay, this is, this is my summer specialty? Um, I would say that there's, for me, there's two. There's arugula, which um, many restaurants use year round, but particularly in the summertime with um, tomatoes and, and other summer uh, fruits. Arugula is really a wonderful leafy pairing and also little gems um mm. little gems have become quite the quite the thing for so many people um you can do many different things with them and and it's got that nice crunch um but they're a little bit more petite than a than a heart of romaine and um and one of the things that you know the chefs are telling me these days right now that they need salad greens because that's what people are ordering primarily. <laughs> and so I'm selling a lot of arugula, mizuna, mescaline mix, baby lettuces, um, and a lot of both red and green little gems. Um, and, you know, for a, for a home cook, what I like to think about is, is the, the dual versatility of a, of a little gem, both as a leafy green in a salad, but also you know, many of us are, grilling uh in the summertime on our in our backyards and our decks and our patios and to um take little gems and cut them in half and throw that cut side down on the grill and then you know have your blue cheese dressing or your caesar dressing as a basting mechanism to to then flip mm. it over and you're literally basting your grilled little gem with your salad dressing um, and it works well with grilled vegetables and your grilled meats or grilled fish. Um, and it's kind of a nice twist to have a, a grilled little gem. Yeah. I remember there was a little little while ago, maybe it was a year or two ago, who knows though with the pandemic, where grilling iceberg became <laughs> became a thing that people were talking about. Um Let's bring in uh, another caller who has a great uh, food childhood food memory. Abigail? Hi. Can you hear me? Yeah, sure can. Go ahead. Well, um, it's not really a travel memory. I'm here in the Bay Area traveling for work, which I do often, but I'm from Maryland, and our summer tradition is blue crab feast, 
where we buy a bushel of uh, Maryland blue crab, steam it, um, you know, just salt it to heck with uh, with blue, uh, you know, old base seasoning. We get we get some corn, some hush puppies, and we sit there picking crabs for about four or five, six hours. It's the best thing in the entire world. I feel like Old Bay is such a thing for people in the Mid-Atlantic. It's like a whole personality to like Old Bay. <laughs> it's actually, it's, it's amazing. It's Have right. you found anything comparable out, outside of there? Because I've, I've only seen those things in that very specific area. Have you ever found it somewhere else that's good or anything else that sim- feels similar? Oh, Yeah. Uh, New Orleans and the Gulf have um, blue crab as well. They do, you know, they do it a little bit differently with Cajun seasoning. Um, but I think the, I think Maryland still trumps it. <laughs> um, yeah, so it is just my favorite thing to do in the summer. It's good food. It's fresh. It feels. It 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 kind of makes you feel like a community. Uh-huh. And you're just sitting there talking and getting messy, and it's wonderful. Yeah. It's I, lo- I love those outdoor crab-eating places in the Mid-Atlantic. Thanks so much for that call, Abigail. That's a, that's a perfect call. Um, uh, we got some comments coming in, and I'm going to throw these to uh, Luke and our chefs here, some of these that are um, really kind of interesting. Um Jack writes, uh, it is agonizing to hear a discussion of okra without a single mention of fried okra. No slime, just <laughs> crunchy goodness. Um, Martin, like, talk to me a little bit about okra, our second uh, c- comment on this. Do you, like, h- how do you think about preparing it? Well, you know, actually, uh, okra is something that is grown in a hot climate, um, yeah. usually in the Central Valley. And so, to be honest, I don't have a lot of experience with okra mm. because I have a coastal farm. Yeah. Oh, that makes because you're in Salinas, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Luke, how about how about you? Do you have any special feelings about okra? Some people clearly do. I I, I like okra. Um, I agree. Uh, fried okra is is delicious. You know, okra in gumbo is delicious. You know, I think fried okra, you know, obviously uh, there are a lot of spots that do versions uh, in Oakland. Uh, one of the famous ones, of course, is Soli Vegan, uh, which has been holding it down. And that's that's possibly their signature dish is, is their uh, is their fried okra. Um, and yeah, it's 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 like a way to have fried food that still feels a little bit wholesome and 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 healthy, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Michael tweets, in summers, I like to grill a steak over mesquite just so I can have thin slices over a green salad full of tomatoes all week. I also like to grow zucchini to get ones big enough to slice for the grill or to stuff with a meatloaf mixture. They cook very fast on the stovetop. And we'll cook okra with lamb either in a curry or Greek style with tomatoes. All all really good ideas. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Kathleen in La Honda. Welcome. Yeah, I can't believe you haven't talked about Vietnamese food. Vietnam is a hot country, and there's all kinds of um, dishes that are perfect for hot weather, like boon is a salad. It's uh, mixed greens topped with rice noodles, cold rice noodles, topped by a protein like shrimp or pork or chicken, and uh, with lots of herbs, Vietnamese herbs that are found in the Bay Area. And you have nook mam, the Vietnamese fish sauce. So that's perfect for hot weather. And then, of course, there are the famous spring rolls, which are cold and 
and also perfect for hot weather. Yeah. What's your uh, What's your go to place if you want to do takeout? You don't want to make it at home. You just want to just grab it and go. Oh well, I love uh, several places on Clement Street in San Francisco. Like Little Vietnam Cafe has the best spring rolls. Mm. And um, God, you know, I, I'm Vietnamese, but I can't remember the names of all the restaurants. Um, but along Clement Street, there are several. I know David is <laughs> the proprietor of a of a place. It's like between maybe third and fourth street, the fourth avenues on Clement Street, but you can't go wrong on yeah. Clement Street. Thank you so much for that uh call, Kathleen. Luke, do you wanna uh you wanna talk a little bit about uh Vietnamese spots? Um Well, I just want, you know, I wanted to echo that. And I think we were talking a little bit about in the sort of like dessert vein earlier. And so I think uh, Vietnamese uh, desserts and cold drinks is another thing that deserves a shout out. You know, uh, we did this package on San Jose um, uh, for the food section at KQD uh, a while back. Um, and so we had a uh, freelance uh, writer, Jacqueline Tran, who did a whole guide to this like, like, world of of Vietnamese beverages that they have down in the South Bay. Um, And je, which is, you know, I think Filipinos have halo halo. Uh, Vietnamese people have je. You know, it's it's just, again, one of these like sort of slushy crushed ice um, drinks that has uh, condensed milk and all these different sweet beans and jellies inside of it. Um, And again, they're all different kinds. Um, Bamboo is probably like the most famous chain um, that's selling it sort of based down in San Jose. Um, But you can go to any of these like Vietnamese style boba shops and you can get je. Um, And again, on a a hot summer night, uh, there's nothing more refreshing than that. Yeah. Um, Scott in Martinez, welcome to the show. Yeah, hi there. Um, Yeah, I was just... uh, telling your screener that uh, my most vivid memory of summer I grew up back in Maryland too like the other caller was the ice cream truck uh, oh, coming yeah. through the uh, neighborhood uh, mainly the uh, the good humor truck so uh, <laughs> when um, my kids were born or not when they were born but when my kids were like toddlers and little we would uh, make our own you know just like vanilla ice cream mostly and then we would get these molds and um you know, let the ice cream soften up a little bit. And then just like, uh, you know, they, they had the strawberry shortcake, you know, bars and they had other other kind of bars. And we just crush up some nuts and, you know, cut up little teeny tiny pieces of fruit. And we just dip the, the molded bars into the ingredients we had. And we would just like replicate the truck because we lived in mid Wilshire in L.A. And uh, the truck uh, did not come through. Yeah. Man, that is that's a beautiful memory. There's I there is an ice cream truck at least that goes around the East Bay. I uh, my kids run to it like little uh, Pavlovian trained sure. creatures. They they hear the sound. It oftentimes it's playing Christmas music for some reason. Um, if if you're yeah. in the East Bay, you know what I'm talking about. Um, the uh, I wanted to uh, go to you, Christian, on you know ice creams, granitas. We haven't we haven't gotten uh, a ton of those. And, and thank you for that call. It's a beautiful memory. Yeah. Um, I mean, granita is something that I love. Um, and I kind of usually have, um, this thing in my freezer called anytime granita, where I just always have something <laughs> that I've frozen and turned into a granita. Uh, and if you're not familiar with granita, it's, you know, it's a, one of the easiest chilled desserts you can make. It's, it's basically like an Italian ice. Um, 
or you can take uh, fruit juice, but not maybe not even fruit juice. You can take, um, I made buttermilk granita the other day with brown sugar. Um, and you can take raspberries, blend them, um, add some sugar, and then freeze them and scrape them into this like airy, icy goodness. And I like to have it just, you know, anytime, anytime I'm wanting a little snack, middle of the night, when it's actually super hot out. Um, and you can serve them in, you know, chilled glasses, which feels kind of elegante. But <laughs> and also just, I sometimes I just take the whole vessel out and I just, you know, here's the baking dish with the greenette in there, with the greenette granita. And here's a spoon, guys, and just go at it. And just, it's oh, yeah. kind of a shared family granita. That's a great. Nora, how about you? Oh, my gosh. Growing up. We have chindol. Chindol is the base of chindol, just like um, uh, granita. So currently what I do is I blend crushed ice with coconut cream. And then you get this beautiful slushy coconut. And then I use uh, melted coconut palm sugar on top and then just top it up with um, you know, some red beans or chandel itself, which is tapioca and rice flour that is uh, mixed with pandan. And then um, it gets sifted through and they become like little wormies that you put on top. So good. And some crushed peanuts. But cr- um, chilled coconut cream is like the best. <laughs> that is a good tip. Uh, Luke, people on Instagram and other places are calling out desperately. Holo, holo. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, hello, hello. I mean, it's it's a sort of like a cousin of uh, of Vietnamese jie, which I was just talking about. But you know, you've got um, ube uh, uh, ice cream, you've got flan, you've got uh, crushed ice, you've got uh, sweet evaporated milk, you've got all these sweet beans and other sort of chewy uh, gelatinous uh, toppings. Um, and you can uh, eat it with a spoon or let it melt a little bit and drink it with a straw. Um, but it's it's another classic summertime dessert. And can we, you know, just listening to all these people talk about these uh, cold uh, summertime treats, um, I feel like we can't be in the Bay Area and not give a shout out. You know, I live in Richmond. I spend a lot of time in Fruitvale. Like, we got to give a shout out to uh, the Paleta Man um, <laughs> and to the Fruit Carts. You know, like these are just mm-hmm. like the the workhorses <laughs> of yes. the summertime in the Bay Area. You know, the paletas obviously are the fresh fruit popsicles, Mexican style. Um, you know, you'll find them a lot like in the parking lot of the BART station, you know, like on a hot day out in Antioch or something like that's going to save your life, <laughs> yes. you know, um, and the fruit stands, you know, like the classic um, mango with tagine and 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 chili powder, you know that that's like I feel like uh, as Bay Area as anything else, you know, you find it on any street corner in Fruitvale. Yeah, um, Martin wanted to come come back to you. There's a couple of comments coming in about um, different beautiful uh, little salady ish recipes. Marielle writes, as a child of the '80s, nothing screams summer more than the silver palette pesto recipe. My mom would make it during the height of summer. It still makes my taste buds dance with joy when I taste it. Still can't make it quite as well as my mom, though. Sorry, Mario. Uh, Anna writes, one summer salad I haven't heard mentioned yet is panzanella. It's a chopped salad of soaked stale bread, onions, and tomatoes. It often includes cucumbers, sometimes basil, and is dressed with olive oil and vinegar. Talk to us a little bit about you know, um, the, the basils, the fresh herbs that come around um, during this time, which I do feel like are a big part of, of summer. 
Yeah, well, I grow several basils and also a lot of mint. Mm. And um, it's surprising how, you know, mint and tomatoes are surprisingly good together as well. And panzanella, frankly, is one of my favorite salads. Um, I often have uh, stale bread around and you kind of just break it up and throw it into your sliced or chunks of tomatoes with the onions and cucumber and olive oil. And, and one thing I've noticed when I deliver to restaurants is how many of the restaurants have used sherry vinegar in their salads. And it's not, it doesn't have to be an expensive bottle, but the flavor of sherry vinegar can, is really quite wonderful to bring these uh, summer flavors together. Um, and I also wanted to throw in a couple of thoughts about uh, dessert. You know, I don't grow stone fruit, but I buy stone fruit to offer my CSA customers from farmers that I know. And, you know, stone fruit is so prolific right now and will be for the next few weeks. Um, if we're talking about grilling, taking your cling-free peaches and cutting them in half and grilling them and then putting a, a scoop of ice cream in the center mm -hmm. when uh, after you're done grilling is a lovely, um, easy summer dessert. And by, you know, tearing up some mint leaves to throw on it. And also um, this last year I've been growing fresh chamomile to put in my farm boxes so that you can make a, a fresh chamomile tisane. And people have been experimenting and using the, the fresh chamomile leaves and uh, the fresh chamomile flowers in different ways by spring. You know, you could sprinkle some fresh chamomile petals onto your grilled peach and it offers a really lovely flavor to, um, to that dish. And, you know, it might be a little late in this, this season, but one thing I've learned is that chamomile grows really easily. It can grow in a potted plant on your patio. Yeah. And for you to have, you know, with your mint and your rosemary and your uh, Italian parsley, um, I highly recommend adding chamomile as a fresh herb to have available. Oh, that's beautiful. I, I did that, and now I feel ahead of the game. Thank you so much, Martin Bornanesk, farmer with the local CSA, uh, sells produce to restaurants. We've also been joined here talking about hot food. Luke Sai, food editor at KQED. Nora Haron, executive chef at Sandai Restaurant and Kopi Bar, which is opening up in Wal Walnut Creek in the fall. Christian Reynoso, uh, chef, recipe developer, cooking columnist in, at the San Francisco Chronicle. And rounding up the party, Amud Chopra, second generation owner of the wonderful institution in Berkeley, Vicks Chot. Thank you for all of your comments, all of your calls. That was so fun. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for another hour ahead with Mina Kim. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio, the Germanicos Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. 
Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.